You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. Today's Bible reading is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for, for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Well, you might like to leave that Bible passage open in the Blue Bibles as we look through it together. And this morning, uh, you need to have in your mind, to get your head around this passage, uh, an, an image of destruction. I want you to picture... Acres and acres of old-growth forests which have been cut down and destroyed. Um, So the beauty turned to ugliness, the safe haven for wildlife destroyed, uh, the life and the energy of the trees killed. All that is left, as you can see in that picture, is the aftermath of destruction and the sound of silence. And I wonder what emotions already that wells up within you, whether it's anger or sadness or despair. And I want you to hold that image in your mind, that image of destruction, because that's the image that Isaiah uses in the chapter just before the chapter that Marion's read to us. In Isaiah chapter 10, he writes using this image to describe what will happen to the nation of Israel. Isaiah is writing in about 740 BC, uh, and the powerful nation of Assyria is looming at the edge of the nation of Israel, ready to destroy. And in Isaiah chapter 10, Assyria is described like an axe that will come in and cut down the forest that is Israel. There'll be nothing left. The people will be gone, the buildings will be destroyed, 
The beauty will be turned to ugliness. There'll be nothing left but death and destruction in the wake of this nation. And that prophecy came to pass in 722 BC as the Assyrians wiped out the northern part of Israel. And a similar fate awaited the southern part of the country known as Judah when the Babylonian army came through in 587 and swept their axe through that part of the country, destroying the temple, smashing down the city walls of Jerusalem and taking the people away from their country into exile. It's an image of destruction with these other nations like an axe cutting down the nation of Israel. And worse still, if it can get any worse, if you zoom in on that picture of destruction through the forest with all of the felled trees, you zoom in closely on a particular tree, an old tree, a special tree standing in the midst of the forest, which has also been cut down, leaving nothing but a dead stump. This is all that remains of the tree of the royal family, the line of kings coming from Jesse, who was the father of King David, the greatest king in Israel's history, and the one from whom the line of kings came. But in the wake of all of this destruction, the, the kings have been wiped out. No king will sit on the throne any longer. All that will be left will be a dead stump, the stump of the house of David, the house of Jesse. And with it, the promises that God had made to David, promises that his sons would reign on the throne forever, that this line of kings would never end, that God would establish them as kings forever, is also dead and gone. Nothing remains but a lifeless stump. And you might ask the question, as as Israel well would ask, in the midst of all of this destruction, what hope could there possibly be? If these nations are going to come in like an axe and fell the trees, fell the nation of Israel, leaving nothing but dead stumps, what hope is there for the future? And Isaiah 11.1 1 reads like this. A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From its roots, a branch will bear fruit. God says through Isaiah, look more closely. Look at that dead stump, the stump of Jesse's family, because life is going to spring from the midst of destruction. Hope will arise a new king will be born. O come, O come, rod of Jesse. As Michael said, through this Advent series, we've been doing this series, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and we've been looking at the different names for Jesus which were used uh, in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Isaiah, prophecies speaking of this king, Jesus, who would come. And uh, today we come to this verse. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Now that title, Rod of Jesse, comes directly from 
our Bible passage today. It comes directly from Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, Now, that may not be immediately obvious to you uh, when you heard it read. Uh, our Our translation, as we've seen, speaks of a shoot coming from a stump. And then it speaks about a branch which is coming out of the roots of Jesse. But the Hebrew word that's used here, the word that is translated here as a shoot, uh, can mean um, like a rod, like a wooden rod, or a a switch, like a a skinny branch that people often use for um, herding sheep and things like that, Uh, or a shoot coming up from the ground, or a twig. Basically, it can mean anything small and woody, okay? Um, It's a broad word. And the King James Version of the Bible, an older translation, uh, translated verse 1 like this. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, whichever way you go with the translation there, the, the image is clear. We can agree on the image. It's, we speak often about um, family trees, don't we? We might even speak about different branches of the family. You might be getting together with different branches of the family over a Christmas meal. Um, The idea is it's it's an image of uh, descendants and ancestors together in a tree with different branches uh, going out. And so Isaiah 11 is promising that despite all this destruction, despite the seeming end of the line of the kings of Israel, the end of the reign of David and his sons, that it won't be the end, that a shoot will arise, a rod will sprout again. It's a powerful image. And I just want us to focus, uh, as you look at that picture there of uh, the shoot coming out of seeming destruction, uh, reflect on what it is teaching us. It reminds us of the power of God to bring life even in the midst of death. When everything seems like it's finished and hope has been extinguished, it's a reminder that God can still bring life from death. A stump is dead. It's cut off, but new life sprouts and begins again because God is the God of the living, not the dead. And even when it looks like his promises have failed, even when it looks like all is lost, time and time again, God surprises us. God follows through, he is consistent, and he keeps the promises that he has made as unlikely as it seems in the circumstances. The image also reminds us of the vulnerability of a new beginning. I mean, look at that shoot. It's so meagre and fragile, you could snap it off with your fingers. It's a wonderful description, isn't it, of the way that this prophecy was fulfilled and what we will celebrate at Christmas time. Because Jesus is the shoot from the stump of Jesse. And we'll be celebrating that he is born as a, a fragile little baby being held in his mother's arms, a vulnerable little life, a shoot that could so easily be snapped off, which is exactly what King Herod tries to do, 
to snap off the shoot before it can grow. Yes, this branch will grow and will bear fruit, as Isaiah promises, but it starts small and vulnerable and insignificant. God, in the way that he works, defies the ways of power. He chooses to bring his great king into the world in poverty and in weakness, a helpless little baby, a little shoot springing up. The rest of the passage in Isaiah 11 really fills out in detail what this shoot of Jesse, this rod of Jesse, this king from the royal family will be like and what the outcome of his rule will be. So the description of the shoot of Jesse is in verses 2 to 5 of our passage. Firstly, we're told that he'll be filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he'll delight in the fear of the Lord. You see, four times in that verse, we're told that this person who will come will be Spirit-filled. He'll be guided in all that he does by the Spirit of God. And the impact of God's Spirit in his life will be so evident in the way that he acts. He'll be full of wisdom and understanding. It'll permeate his very being. Then because he has this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, he'll be able to make the right decisions, put his wisdom into practice in the judgments that he makes. We're told that he won't just be reliant on what he sees and what he hears, His knowledge will run so deep that that righteousness, which is about relating rightly to other people and treating them well, and faithfulness, being utterly trustworthy and dependable, will be seen through the judgment that he makes. He'll judge rightly and fairly and consistently. Um, Now, as a parent, I am often called on to make judgments in difficult situations. Uh, My kids, who are here listening to what I'm saying right now, will come to me and there'll be a, he did this, but she said that, and all of this information, which I've then got to sift through and try and make a just and fair judgment. It's very difficult because everyone's got a different version of events and an interpretation. Imagine how much harder it is for judges in courts who have to make decisions in very complex situations where the stakes are even higher, where there's different motivations, uh, hidden information, where trying to work out what is true and what is false and what the right judgment is in incredibly complex situations is so hard. It's really hard, isn't it, to make right and faithful judgments, to be consistent and to treat people rightly and fairly in all circumstances. But we're told in this passage that this spirit-empowered king, this rod of Jesse, will be able to do it. And it takes us beyond, the language that is used here takes us beyond what we can expect from an ordinary human being. I mean, people just don't have all of the knowledge that they need, all of the information to make judgments as accurately and as fairly as it seems like this rod of Jesse's going to to make. So it reminds us that 
This one who comes is more than just a human being. He has such knowledge, he is able to judge so fairly that he is actually God himself come amongst us. He's got particular concern for the poor and the needy. He's not, he's not wishy-washy. He's not simply a pushover. In fact, we're told that the words that he speaks have real power. It says there, he'll strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Reminds us that true justice actually requires judgment. It actually requires punishment of evil and wrongdoing. If you're going to protect the vulnerable then there needs to be consequences for the abusers and for those who are doing wrong to them. Corruption needs to be counted through truth and through integrity. Again, it reminds us that this one who will come is more than just a human. He is making the sorts of judgments that only God himself can make because only he has that sort of depth of knowledge. Only he is all-knowing, omniscient, and so can make the sort of judgments that need to be made. And so again, in the person of Jesus, we see the fulfilment of this prophecy. The Gospels speak of Jesus as one who is completely empowered by the Spirit of God. And when you listen to the teaching of Jesus, the things that he says, wisdom flows from his mouth. When you observe the way that he interacts with people, particularly the vulnerable and the needy, the sick, you see the care that he displays, the love and the gentleness that he has. When you see in Jesus the judgments that he's able to make, particularly the way that he challenges the powerful and has courage when he's opposing corruption, you see lived out in a person the promise that is made here in Isaiah. Now, if you're here with us today and... uh, the person of Jesus is not particularly well known to you. You're, you're interested in him. You want to investigate more of who Jesus is. Can I encourage you, why don't you take a copy of one of the Gospels, one of the accounts of Jesus' life. We've got some on our welcome table just in the foyer. And just have a read through it yourself. Have a listen to the sorts of things that Jesus says. Observe the way that Jesus treats people. And compare it with the sort of promise that is being made here some 700 years before the birth of Jesus. The strength and the wisdom and the integrity and the compassion of Jesus leap from the pages. You see there what a true king should be like. We see what a life empowered by the Spirit of God is supposed to look like. In a a world that's simply crying out for justice, you see what a true judge will be like. It's not soft and gentle, though it is compassionate and fair. It's truthful, it's wise, it's knowledgeable, it's faithful, and it's just. It's the sort of ruler that the world needs to put things right and to ensure that everybody, even the most vulnerable, is treated with dignity and respect. So we see in verses 2 to 5 what this king will be like in terms of his character and the way that he'll behave. And then in verses 6 to 10, you see this is what the outcome of this king's rule, this rod of Jesse's rule is going to be like. It's described there as an ideal future um, where there's peace and harmony 
existing throughout the whole world. And there's descriptions there of these different species normally warring with each other who are in harmony and able to be together without any fear or violence. Wolf and lamb, leopard and goat, calf and lion, cow and bear, child and snake. Under the rule of this king, there is no place for violence. We read, they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. So there's peace and harmony, but coupled with that, there's also knowledge of God. Now, when it speaks about knowledge here, it's not speaking about facts and figures, just head knowledge, information about God. It's speaking about intimate, personal, relational knowledge, knowing and being known, deep and intimate relationship, deeply and completely. And we read here that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Knowledge of God will just permeate the world. People everywhere will know God and be in relationship with God deeply and intimately. Through this spirit-empowered king, through this rod of Jesse, who himself knows God deeply, he brings to others knowledge of God as well, bringing us into relationship with his Father, the God who made us. And the passage concludes in verse 10, where we see he's described there now as the root of Jesse, standing as the banner for the peoples. He's a rallying point where the nations gather to him and people from every nation and tribe and tongue come into relationship together around him. They're gathered into a place of rest. They're gathered into this glorious future under his perfect rule. It's a stunning picture. If you think back to that initial picture of death and destruction, where there is no hope, there is just ugliness and destruction reigning, through that little shoot that comes out of the heart of the dead stump bringing new life, through to this amazing picture of a rule of justice and peace and harmony for the whole world and all of the people of different nations gathered together. It causes us to cry, doesn't it? Oh, come, come, rod of Jesse. That is what we want. That is what we need. That's the picture of the future that we're yearning for. And that's what this season of Advent is all about. It's a, it's a season of waiting. We wait and we, we count down Sunday by Sunday to celebrate the first coming, the first Advent of Jesus. We look forward to rejoicing that he was born as a baby at Christmas time. But we look forward to rejoicing in the fact that he, had, he lived a spirit-filled life and he taught with perfect wisdom. We rejoice that he came to save people from sin and through his death he dealt with our sins completely on the cross. We rejoice in his victory over death by his resurrection rising from the dead that he's still alive today and he gives us a hope for life beyond death. We rejoice that this spirit-filled king has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us that God himself 
dwells within us, empowering us for life and witness to him. And yet amidst this rejoicing of all that Jesus has already done for us, we still wait. We wait for the completion of his rule. We wait for lion to lie down with lamb. We wait for the knowledge of God to flood the world. We wait for all of the nations to gather around Jesus and to enjoy his perfect rest. We're still waiting for the second advent, the second coming of Jesus, when he'll come as judge of the world, when he'll establish his justice, when the hidden truths and the hidden corruptions are exposed for what they are, and when he will finally put things right. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au. 